0: Welcome to the Wellness Pie Shop, where each episode we delve into a different slice of wellness in hopes of nourishing ourselves. With the help of special guests, and a little of our own irreverent insight, we'll dive into some of the ingredients that make up the whole of Wellness Pie. We're your hosts, Dina Searden.
1: And I'm Rachel Paez.
0: Thanks for joining us. Now grab a cup of tea, sit back and relax, and enjoy a piece of Wellness Pie.
1: Well, this is such a weird uh, scenario. Dina, I've known Alicia for uh, like almost six years now. Uh Alicia is my life coach, actually, and my spiritual guru for sure. And I thought she would be perfect on our podcast because she's brilliant in so many ways. And the way that she articulates herself, I think, is perfect for our listeners who might be in this like limbo kind of place, especially now that we're heading out of 2020. And then now we're in this like weird first month of 2021. Um, And so, yeah, so I'll let her introduce herself better than I did. Um, And before I do that, Alicia, Dina is my business partner, this and almost everything else that I do. Um, She's also my like, organizer like without her I feel like I would just I read this thing today where it's like balloons teach children like when's the appropriate time to let go and I feel like Dina's the kid holding on to my like balloon string like sometimes (laughs) I just she wasn't there she would just float away she keeps me keeps me going
2: well that's a terrifying uh... (laughs) (laughs) Just go away so nice to meet you Dina thank you guys for having me on the show I um I went and was listening to your podcast. And I'm like, (laughs) these two ladies and their voices are so incredible. And I was just like in awe of, of the two of you and what you've created. So I really, I applaud the two of you for this. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. So
1: Alicia, tell us a little bit about your background and how you got to where you are today.
2: So okay, I feel like that's like such a loaded question. I'm like, okay, do you want to start from the beginning? <laughs> <laughs> want you to? I guess w- when I decided w- to come to planet Earth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like how did you decide to get
1: here from the the, the other the realm? Ether. Yeah. 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 Exactly.
2: You know, I I'm a super, in- I mean, like beyond blessed individual um, for everything that's come my way, and it's so funny because when I really start to kind of break down what my background is people look at me and they're like, Holy shit, you have a tumultuous upbringing and you know, your twenties. And like, it was a lot of, you know, drugs and rock and roll. And just (laughs) like, it was, it was great though, because like, when I now look at it, like, you know, from having an eating disorder to being in abusive relationships, just like all the bullshit, you know, when I look at it now, I'm just so grateful for it because it taught me so much and it allowed me to become an even more compassionate person. So I'm a life coach. Um, I'm certified through NYU. Um, Fiercely Optimistic is the name of my business. It's uh, it's six years old. So Rachel, I've known Rachel since the beginning of Fiercely Optimistic when I um, came out to California from New York City. And yeah, I do um energy work. I'm a Reiki master. I teach yoga. Um, I guide meditations. Um, I kind of do it all when it comes to like this spiritual goodness realm. Um, but the cool thing is too, and and I love this because I personally believe that all individuals are spiritual. And I still have clients um that aren't that wouldn't define themselves as spiritual, right? And it's just really amazing because when I get to work with those individuals, they, you know, they're like, I don't want anything spiritual. I don't want to go there. And then it, they, they always go there. And I'm like, you know, and maybe it's only for like a minute, but, but when it happens, it's just pure magic. Cause it's like, it goes back to, you know, this theory that I have that all people are spiritual. It's just that they haven't understood their own spirituality. I think that's amazing.
0: I was, I think that's, that's amazing (laughs) because it also, that sounds very much like my belief that um we are all energy and within the connectedness of one another we find that spirituality if you do you know because if we even go down that path like what is spirituality what is spirit Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and uh spirit for me being energy it all just sort of makes sense so i think that's amazing that's beautiful
2: Yeah, that's, I mean, and that's true. It's like, and like energy, it's contagious and it's mindset. And, you know, I mean, you can see this into the utmost degree of like, you know, people causing themselves to become sick. I used to do it myself when I was, I was a sick child and I would make myself sick because I was yearning for the attention from my mother who didn't give me what I needed. Right. So I would physically make myself get a fever, vomit, do all of these things. Right. And then now I don't get sick. I haven't been sick in seven years. I don't get viruses. My body can fight off viruses. It's like, it's amazing. But like, you know, you, I had to get to that place to realize my own power and my own ability Absolutely. Absolutely. That, it's always incredible to me what
0: our minds and bodies are able to, and spirits
2: mm-hmm. are able
0: to um, manifest. Absolutely. I was thinking, I was having this conversation with somebody the other
1: day about um, like sp- split personality disorder or like people who have multiple personality disorders and that coping mechanism and how mm-hmm. the brain kind of like what you're talking about, Alicia, of like being able to create things that in turn create become physical. Mm-hmm. Um, cause so I was the same way as a kid. Like I was just always sick. And like, it was because I didn't have the love that I needed mm-hmm. and how people with, you know, that kind of coping skill of, um, like DID is so amazing that the brain can create mm-hmm. an entirely new existence, like entirely new person, attitude, personalities, characteristics, health diagnosis, like all of that. And it was just, it's funny that this is coming up again of like the power of the brain, the power of spirit, the power of trust, power of the universe, like all of those things that us little spiritual people are very um, like open about saying where you also have those people that aren't spiritual. And then they're trying to identify, I think you said it perfectly, Alicia, like trying to identify what spirit and spirituality means to them because it could mean so many different things that people just get scared when they hear spirituality. Oh, you're a hippie dippy, you know, or like you don't believe in God, or you don't believe in you. You are up here floating away, right? Where in reality, spirituality generally is the most grounding thing that you can find. Um, and so, I just love how you said that of like finding people, the the power of the brain, and also helping people identify what spirituality means to every individualized person. Cause it doesn't mean the same thing to everybody.
2: Absolutely. And to, to kind of bounce off of, you know, how the brain does can create these different personalities. I will tell you, so I am able to, I see my spirit guides. I see spirits. I, I see all that. I'm very in tune with it. And I have on multiple occasions, uh, interacted with individuals who I could see who they were talking to they were claimed schizophrenics, but before I knew that I could see the spirit that they were speaking with yeah. right and and then that's when it made me realize that there like with mental illness there is also a really beautiful spiritual aspect to it that we as a society, throw away. And we don't nurture these really highly in tuned individuals. We, we put them away because they don't fit into the box that we yeah. need them to. Right. Yeah. So it's pretty interesting to like really kind of divulge into what mental illness actually is and what parts of it are we so uncomfortable with that we can't, um, embrace. Yeah. It's absolutely true when I've talked about
0: this before on the podcast and there is a huge connection between creativity and madness, right? Mm -hmm. Mental illness. um, Creativity is a different way of seeing the mundane. Spirituality is a different way of seeing the mundane. And Mm -hmm. there's no, it, it makes perfect sense to me that at some point there's that intersection when one turns into the other. And it it is very uncomfortable for people who prefer or don't understand what a greater um, existence is, whatever that means. Mm -hmm. And it also is interesting to me how this podcast was founded on the idea of values, right? But every single person that we've spoken with, you know, in our fewer than 10 episodes thus far, Um, and the six people that listen to us, no, <laughs> it's, it's, it's grown seven from now, <laughs> <seven now. laughs> Um, it's every single episode has tapped into spirit, yeah, because somehow I don't think you can have value without spirit, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. Again, so individual could mean religion, it could mean just an existence in the world, it could mean energy. Whatever that is, and uh, it it can make people really uncomfortable, right? It makes me uncomfortable at times. I'm trying to grow into that. Mm. but anyway,
2: not to to take away from what you were no, saying. but so wait, what are you uncomfortable with? I, I love to know these kind of things.
0: <laughs> so I would say that growing up Catholic, mm-hmm. um, I encountered what I call spiritual abuse, okay? Mm. This idea, that this is the only way to get to heaven. This is who God is, how God interacts with us, and having that punishing God, Mm -hmm. um, the sinning, the idea that um, I am not, I'm just, I was born a bad person. And it felt in my home for many reasons, not just the Catholicism, but the way that my father presented himself within the Catholic religion. Um, It was really abusive,
2: really, really abusive. You know, that's, it's a really interesting concept to parent period, right? And when you're parenting children and you, you, you have these children, right? And each child is coming into this earth from their own journey and their understanding of what spirituality is. And I'm not against religion whatsoever. I think it's a really beautiful concept for specific individuals that need it because they haven't received all the life lessons and the structure that they need in order to become enlightened. Right. And so, you know, if you have a brother or sister who needs that because they're, you know, in the lower level, but then if you get a spiritual child who is more spiritually in tune than you, it's like, how, how do you deal with that? And it's a it's just a really interesting concept to sit with, because it's like, how, how do you do it? You know, how is it that you can embrace another's opinion and really be compassionate with them and nurturing, even if you don't understand it, which is, isn't that the the goal of what we all are supposed to be doing on this planet? (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it's like you also, as a, as a parent, I can, I would assume that, um, you know if you have an individual that is you know more in tune or smarter or whatever it is that's probably intimidating the ego gets yeah. really big right and it's like no, no no i'm the parent i'm in charge but if we if we were interacting with even children as you know companions or um you know adults i feel like it would be it would be better for them
0: I, I agree I have had some interesting conversations with colleagues and friends about raising children and what do we teach our children about religion, about God um, about who Jesus is um mm-hmm. in my uh, community there's uh we have a lot of Hindu and you know multiple gods and how do we address all those differences and it's, um, kind of scary to me how some people have a preference for what they want their child to believe rather than allowing the child to believe what is most comfortable for themselves. And I think you put it so nicely when it was, if we have a less spiritually enlightened, which is no judgment or anything, it's just, they came into this earth and they need more structure. Mm -hmm. Some kids are ADHD. They need a little bit more, uh, helping with the brain chemistry, help with the brain chemistry. And I think that the same is true of spirituality. And so religion can play a part. Um, I still have my biases against religion just because I find it to be so confining and typically controlling. Mm -hmm. But when you said it, some people need that, it made more, it sort of opened my eyes and I'm like, wow, that's so true. Some people well, do need religion.
1: I just had this I just had this conversation <laughs> because I was around people for Christmas so Christmas Christmas came around. And I consider myself this like new Christmas celebrator because like I celebrated with my grandma but like it was not really Christmas and like I was lucky if I got socks. and so now I like do Christmas really big. and uh, one side of um, of a family that I know goes to mass and are very religious. And, um, I get super uncomfortable when I'm at their house and I'm about to say, and they say grace and uh, the boy, the little boy asked me, he was like, well, why don't you say grace? Like, why don't you do that? And I was like, well, I don't, that's not my belief system. And it came back that like, that was bad, that that was not my belief system and the family they came unit, back from who that it was bad. The boy, the little boy. Mm. And, but so that, again, this conversation came up and I was talking to my best friend about it, whose boyfriend goes to church. And I said, well, does he go to church or does he just go to church? And she said, well, he goes to church. And I said, why do you think? And he was like, because he has no idea any other basis of how to receive forgiveness or guidance other than God and Jesus. Mm -hmm. And her and I were talking and both of us have experienced loss And we both kind of came to this idea that trauma in our mind allowed us for the realization that we don't identify with forgiveness and guidance from, for me, God, mostly because God is identified as a masculine energy. And I have my own biases with worshiping a man, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Amen. Like I'm, not on, I'm not getting on my knees for a man that is not my husband. And um, like, if there was just a huge issue for that, like that's a big blockage in my mind. And so like my traumas allowed me to see spirituality in a individualized manner. And so I could step away from religion growing up as a conservative Jew, same thing kind of Dina, is the spiritual abuse where it's like, you follow the 10 commandments, you go to synagogue for high holidays, you don't eat meat and cheese together, you, you know, you remain structurally boxed. And there was a lot of, and I'm gonna circle this right around to this conversation of like values. And like religion was for me, the first stage of rebelling against society's values, Mm -hmm. because I saw it as the first discord that I felt in my own value system was like, I don't like all these Jews. Like, I don't like what they do. I don't like what they're teaching me. I don't like what they preach. I don't like what they say when I don't do what they are asking. Mm -hmm. And that was for me, the first like, oh, there's a value here that I don't like. And um, it kind of is like what we're talking about here is like that child that comes in as too spiritual um, in a family of religious constructs constructs, Mm -hmm. is that's generally where values start to come up as being in discord with usually it's religion as the first one because there's so much you have to be this way in order to be loved, is what religion is, is if you are not this, then you are not loved by God, or you are not going to end up in heaven, or you are not going to be good enough. And that's really where that kind of ideal in my mind, I'm going to say it in my space, that's where that formed for me was, I wasn't good enough for this all being to love me, like, man, I must be really fucked up. It's, it's, yeah, I
2: mean, that's sad. That's a sad perspective that, you know, you absorbed during that time. And the thing is, is I think it comes back down to a box, right? It's like, people are uncomfortable um, when you don't behave in this mm-hmm. box. And everyone kind of, I mean, I, there's, I don't think there's, there's that many boxes, right? Because everyone kind of has their socially constructed ones, Um but we have to start you know expanding out of that and asking the question of well why does this make me uncomfortable why is it that i don't relate to that are there yeah. different perspectives that we can kind of take on and what is the true intention of it because when you kind of break that down i mean like for your friend's uh, boyfriend that goes to church um you know when i was literally forced, you know, to go to church when I was a child, cause I didn't want to go in there. I realized that it was a really powerful place and beautiful place for me to meditate. And I started meditating mm. when I was a kid, you know, and it's like, you, so like, and now I, if you were to invite me to synagogue or church, I will gladly go and go and meditate, you know? And it's like, yeah, I'll sit there happy as can be. <laughs> um, <laughs> but We have to, we have to always know that there are options. Mm. We must have an option for every single fucking thing we're doing. Yeah. And that's
0: really hard to explain to children Mm -hmm. when their parents
2: don't believe in the options.
1: You said that perfectly when they don't believe in the options.
2: Well, Mm -hmm. okay. Obviously we can't change those people, but what we can do as individuals when we are working with or, um, you know, working with children in any, any capacity uh, is ask them, how do they feel? That's like the the best thing because they have these really beautiful little strong, you know, intuitive systems inside of them. And if they start to discuss, I feel this way. Okay. Well then we can explore that, you know, instead of just telling them what to do.
0: Yeah. I read a really interesting article and I'm going to butcher it because (laughs) I'm, I I take away from my reading what I take away from my reading, and it's generally not a whole lot of um, fluff left over. So it was an interview with a woman who does brain stuff. Okay. (laughs) That's the clinical (laughs) term for it. It's brain stuff. And the way that she defined us as perceiving these things is the brain is essentially every response that we have is a prediction. Our brain is predicting what we're going to see. Our brain is Mm -hmm. predicting what we're going to smell, to hear, to um, understand. So we're always operating in sort of a lag time because our brain is only predicting what we're seeing. Does that make sense? So that, that, that was fascinating to me because when we put spirituality into there, our brain is already predicting what our beliefs are. Mm -hmm. right and I just thought it was really interesting and I wanted to go further and I would love to sit down and talk to this lady about you know how does tell me more about that because the article to me didn't get in depth enough to explain what that might mean for the greater um it's it's an explanation of of why people have such a hard time breaking out of those boxes and why boxes are so prevalent? Because mm-hmm. that is our understanding. Because that is our brain. If what we understand only is what we've known, then it makes sense that any unknown is going to be very uncomfortable. Any unknown box is—I mean, not even not an unknown box, just no box. Yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah, so. yeah.
2: It's—I mean—and but also taking that as a really beautiful place to stop and say, okay, if I have done this before, or you know, it comes out to this way. We have the opportunity to change our perspective on that too. Yeah, you know, and reprogram ourselves.
0: Yes, and knowing that we our brains are predictive, right? Then we can sort of use that in our, to our advantage, and rather than relying on um, the predictive aspects, you know, tweak it so that we have more freedom to understand things as they come rather than as they were. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> so we haven't
1: really talked about what we're, um, <laughs> most of whole- what the podcast is, but like, <laughs> this is interesting, but let's also circle back to like, okay, Alicia, what do you identify as your values?
2: You know, I, I've, I, I was, I've been thinking about this and values, it's such a, it's a broad term, right? Mm-hmm. And there, there are so many um, that I feel like I really resonate with. So honesty is really important to me. Um, communication, I value extremely, I, I value feelings. Um, I value energy, adventure, uh, fun. I think adventure and fun are a little different um, in my opinion. And laughter and movement. I think that those are the ones that I just really kind of, I don't know, like we need them all to some degree. At least I do.
1: It's so funny. And I'm, I'm going to try to come from this as a person that doesn't know you and just come from this conversation that we've had right now. And all the things that you just said, to me, the theme is expression, expression right? All of those things, movement, honesty, feelings, adventure, joy, like fun. Those are expressions, authentic expressions that we in society look at as almost childlike. Again, bringing it back to kind of that thing is like, those are, those are, you can't have fun. Why are you having fun? You should be working. Your, your work should not be fun. You should be doing, you know, you shouldn't be honest if you are not, you know, I don't know, you just shouldn't be honest. It's just, to me, what you just said is expression and from not knowing you and gathering in this conversation, that's something that you, you are so expressive in the way that you move your body, in the way that you talk, in the way that you articulate yourself, um, is about authentic expression. And that's, that's all I was going to say. There's no like full, no, know. I,
2: I, I agree with you. And when I think of the word expression, the next word that comes to my mind is community. And I am such a advocate for community and for people. And just for us all to kind of figure this out in a way where we're, we're having fun, we're learning our lessons and we're getting shit done. You know,
0: I'm just, I'm just curious um, uh, if you could tell me more about how adventure and movement are values. What does
2: that, what does that look like? Yeah, so adventure is. Oh my God, it's the best! It's <laughs> like it's like you're constantly dating yourself. You're discovering new things. I was just saying to Rachel um, earlier. I was like, yesterday I I flew back from uh, Detroit and I was there for a month to visit with my family. Um, you know, for the holidays. And you know, the first thing I did when I got back to California is and it's January and it's cold here, is I went and jumped into the ocean. And I was, I've never done that before. I've never done that in the middle of winter. Because 52
0: degree water just sounds invigorating.
2: Yeah, no, exactly. It's like what? And I'm I'm afraid of the ocean, you know, like I'm afraid of sharks and all that good stuff. And I just went and I did it and I didn't do it with anyone else. And afterwards, I had the biggest grin on my face and I was excited because it was adventurous for me it was something i've never done before and i enjoyed so it's like i don't put myself in this like tedious box of well i can't do this and you know it's like no i've never done that let's go try it let's see if i enjoy it type thing. so that the adventure keeps me stimulated and then Mm -hmm. you know when i am in well when i'm in an intimate relationship with someone that's very important. Um, and I, and I think that it's part of the reason why my friends freaking adore me, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm the one that's like, no, no, let's do this. No, we can figure that out. We can do this. So it's like, it brings us cool dynamic. Um, and then the movement, oh girl, when you can move your body, when you can put that music on and you can just like feel that flow, when you can tense up those muscles in your abs and like you know, walk somewhere or bike somewhere or just even, you know, stretch, you know, practice yoga or even like the the lack of stillness the in meditation, the silence. Oh my God. It's so exhilarating when you really kind of break down the abilities that we do have. And it's like, you know, when I invite someone to a yoga class and someone that I know doesn't practice yoga and they're like, oh, I'm not flexible or, oh no, I don't like yoga. I'm like, how can you not like something that is just, it's you in the mat. It's like, it's time to just be with your body and to feel it. And like, you know, for those of you that have been to yoga class with me, I have no problem whatsoever I always put myself in a corner because, like, in the middle of class, if I'm like, I'm fucking done, and I go into shavasana, you know, like, <laughs> I don't care because I'm like, that's what my body needs, you know. So it's like I can have fun with it and just like allow, just allow that movement to remind me that I'm alive. Mm-hmm.
0: And I just like we- to. Our listeners can't see you, um, <laughs> when, and this whole time that we've been talking, you've been moving. And just, <laughs> So yeah, I can see why, you know, movement's really important. You have a lot of energy.
1: Yeah, I I do. (laughs) I think too, we live in, this is my favorite topic. We live in a world where our bodies should be something that we control. They -hmm. should be something that we don't express freely. Mm -hmm. They should be an an expression of how we live our lives. And so I think that also in tune, in turn, puts a lot of fear in movement. Either you're not capable enough, or you're not fit enough, Mm -hmm. or you're too fit to slow down. We live in this world where movement and our bodies are separated, Mm -hmm. and that they are not, they're not important. Or, and I think it's so amazing that you're sitting here being like, movement is a value to me. The fact that I can go inward into my body and realize that like, I could do this. Not that my listeners can see, but like <laughs> I moved my hands She's like She's doing the wave, people. <laughs> She's <laughs> doing
2: the wave. You know, like
1: <laughs> the fact that there's so much um, importance in your life, in that freedom to move, to express, again, here's that word, um, makes me reflect on like, how in my life does movement show up? And for me, it holds a lot of shame and a lot of guilt and eating disorder behavior and all of that kind of stuff. And so when I'm listening to you talk about, no, like there's freedom in that. There's mm-hmm. adventure and fun and expression all in movement. Um, it gives me a moment to reflect. And I, and I think our listeners will too, because exercise and movement are, are things that people normally in today's society use as a punishment. It's like, oh, you, you ate a donut. You better go run five miles
2: Yeah. or
1: you were coming off the holiday and you're, you just ate a crap ton of food. Like punish your body by movement.
0: So that it's not something. Yeah. It's, it's not a joy. It's not a joy. It's, it's, it's,
2: and I would also always, you're always comparing yourself. Right. And it's like, you're not good enough. You're not skinny enough. You know, you're not strong enough, whatever it is. And that's so, it's so sad for me to see that. And especially because, you know, we've been in a year of a pandemic and, and, you know, like, I'll admit I was, I was coasting pretty well until the, the last end of it where I put on like 30 pounds. I've never put on weight like that in my entire life. I've always, you know, I have a strong metabolism, but I stopped movement because I had an injury with my knee and, you know, I didn't adjust my eating and it was like, I put on weight, but there was this moment where I got on the scale and I looked down and I was like, Oh my God, this is the biggest I've ever been. And I was like, hell yeah. Now I got titties. And I'm like, (laughs) I was like celebrating my body. And I had this, this little gut belly. And I was like, this is so cute. And I was like, Oh my gosh, look at how big my, my thighs are. And I was loving every moment of it because I'm like, this is not going to be forever. Right. And why should I sit here and punish myself for the fact that I, as a human being, have the ability for my body to morph into something else. And I'm like, you know what, if it can morph into this, it can morph into anything that I want it to morph into. So if I'm not happy with this, well then let me adjust my life. That is such a wonderful way to look at it because for
0: someone who has always identified with the ability to move in certain ways, um, I'm a runner. That's how I've always identified mm. myself. I run and I can't anymore mm. because yep. of physical injuries and to have to then to accept my body in all it's, with all it's uh, curves, curves. but I was going to say with, with its limitations now, mm. limitations that I've never had. Accept right. or love. <laughs> and I, this is such a lesson for me because I have always been a punisher. I've always yeah. said, okay, I'm, I'm, I I'm get on the scale and I'm not like, oh, look, a little belly. I'm like, <laughs> oh, <what?" laughs> right. Uh, yeah, this is so uncool. And um, the 20 pounds that I've put on over COVID are just, you know, it's not okay. But I, I that's why it's so wonderful the way that you put that. It's because it, it it's temporary. It's, it's whatever we want it to be. Right. It doesn't have to be, anything more than what it is today. Yeah. And I think that there are a lot of people and I'm including myself in this, that you've got the people that don't move enough. And then you've got the people who identify themselves by the movement Mm -hmm. they do. And when they are not able to do that movement, they are now less than somehow in their own mind. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We have to, we have to
2: be able to adjust, you know, and there's just different times with our, with our bodies that you we have to change and our diets as well it's like you know and i understand like the gluttony of the holidays um but it's so funny because every time around that time of year starting around um you know the end of november i always kick into like super duper health mode because i know for myself eating all of that processed sugar and carbs it, I don't, and, and dairy, oh my God, you know, like, forget about it. Like, I can't do it. And it's like, you know, it's always like, oh, just a little here, or a little here, but I'm like, those things are addictive and like, I don't want them in my system. So, you know, you, but like, you have to also be in tune enough to know what works for your own physical body. And I would rather, you know, have a little restriction with something than have a, a stomach ache and not feel well the next day.
1: Well, I think you said something so key there because <clears throat> you're so in tune with yourself, Mm -hmm. right? That's the big divide that people have with movement, with expression, with joy, with fun, all of that stuff is we, again, back to like what influences values, which is gonna be the next question is, if you're not in tune, you're just being influenced Mm -hmm. and you're making choices of like, oh, I identify as a runner. Well, I can't run. So what's the next thing I'm going to do? Well, society tells me if I go to the gym for three hours, five days a week, it's the same where if you're a runner, most of the time you like running because you're outside. Well, (laughs) there's many reasons. Yeah. 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 There's a runner's high, all that kind of stuff, but in this circumstance, it's going to be, you like to run outside and the gym Again, Dina and I talk about this is like, the gym is not going to solve the lack of running in your life because it's not, you're not getting the same thing. And I think people are so lost in what they should do instead of realizing like, oh, it's the holidays. My body does not like this. So I'm not going to do it. Instead of, oh, my body doesn't like this, but society is telling me that I need to eat all of this food or I need to eat all this food so I can fuel my own shame and guilt.
2: Right. And I think that, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and understand your addictions. Yeah. Because the thing is, is it's like, oh, alcohol, heroin, um, or well, no, that's not a good example. I was going to say alcohol and like, TV, uh, social media, sugar, caffeine, those are all acceptable where it's yeah. like, oh, you'll look at hallucinogenics or heroin or cocaine, and those aren't acceptable. And I'm not saying that those are things that we should be doing. <laughs> Don't, that's not the takeaway <laughs> a fun Christmas party I'm going to, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. but what I am saying is just because society says that c- coffee is okay. That does not mean it's not addictive. Yeah, you know, same with sugar. Just or because exercise. it's legal and in part in in our normal diets and in most foods or a lot of foods rather, it doesn't mean that it's not addictive and that it's good for you. Yeah, you know, and it's and, different
0: for every person. And and what totally what a person is addicted to in one way, you know, a sugar, you know, maybe they're not going to be addicted to television or what whatever there's just many well, different levels.
1: I think sugar is such a great example. So I'm addicted to sugar. I love sugar.
0: I love sugar more than
1: I love salt, right? I always ask people, "Would you choose a potato chip or a cookie?" I'm going to choose cookie 100% of the time, doesn't matter the taste. For me though, if I look at myself and know myself, sugar is not generally the problem for me. I'm addicted to the pleasure receptor that sugar brings me. Mm. I am addicted to this cookie tastes so good in my mind, the pleasure of dessert, the freedom of dessert, all of that stuff in its whole is addicted. That's why I'm addicted. That's why I'm not addicted to salt Mm -hmm. is because salt doesn't give me the same pleasure receptors as sugar does. And I could be eating a sugar-free dessert. It's the dessert. It's the pleasure that comes with that type of food that I'm addicted to. And I know that about myself. And like, that's my individualized realization about um, addiction in my brain, only specific, we're only going to talk about my addiction to sugar, um, or addiction <laughs> addicted to, it's addicted to pleasure. You know, it's, it's, it's addicted to parties. It's addicted to being high. It's addicted all that stuff. It's just my pleasure receptor being like, yep, 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 yep. And I think what I'm hearing is like, it's so individualized, but at the same time, it's also very similar. Like we are unfortunately a machine society where we are looking for the next diet. We're looking for the next TV show. We're looking for the next drug. We're looking for the next craze, all of those things, us, unfortunately, which I think Again, I think 2020 has shown a lot of people that, that, oh, we are in this chain of events. We are in this influenced community. How can we start doing things on our own terms or um, doing things uh, individualized? So I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna ask Alicia, I'm gonna ask you, you talk about your expression, your values of expression or, or creativity, movement, um, honesty. What brought you to identifying those, what influenced you to identifying those as your values?
2: Well, I mean, I have to give credit to my family, my parents, my upbringing, you know, and even society. So I think that there is a big part of me that's been influenced and programmed from, you know, a very early age and as I become older and wiser, uh, I start to look at things and and ask more questions and see see what what I would even like do in those scenarios, you know. Because think about things come up all the time, and and you don't even realize um, what your values are until you start to ask yourself what your intention is. Mm. And so you know but it's influence. I'm, you know, it's influenced by enlightened souls. I mean, I'm, I'm constantly reading and, and learning because I find it, it very important, um, you know, to enjoy this life. Yeah. I think that it's just, it's, it's one of those things where when you're present, you just start to notice like, Oh, well, this is a value to me. So like, for instance, so I've, I've been gone for the last month. Um, and I got back and it, and, you know, I have my little herb garden, which is like, Totally. Even though I had someone take care of it, it's it's done. (laughs) And, you know, like I have a really cute little setup outside of my cottage and, um, but I, it's, it's dirty. There's cobwebs. It's like all these things. Right. But my value is I respect people and I respect myself and I respect my home as an energy. And so the first thing I cleaned was the outside. And I cleaned out the garage, which I have to clean the garage because when they come and do the lawn, um, the lawn, it kind of blows in a little bit anyway. But like people, people look at me and say, well, why would that be the first thing that you're going to do? And I, and I think because other people are enjoying this as well. And I wouldn't want to, you know, walk by an herb garden that's has dead herbs in it. You know what I mean? And so it's like, well, if I freshen it up and I make it look nice and it's like, it's giving to others. So I think it, it actually all kind of comes down to how I feel, you know, but I do, I really try to look at things with what they're giving.
0: And is that something that you think that your parents instilled in you? Is that something that you developed over time? Is that,
2: how did you My come My parents by that? are givers. My parents are huge givers. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it def- definitely came from them, which I'm really grateful for that because that's something that I, I just, I really appreciate about society and myself and you know there's if, if I were to die tomorrow I, I know that people would come out and be like she was a really loyal giving person and that's a cool thing to to be known as and I'm grateful for that but also it's one of those things where it's like I've been in in positions where I've I've been in poverty literal poverty and I've been homeless you know And it's like, there were moments of kindness from people who had no fucking clue. I mean, you would look at me and you'd see what I'm wearing and you wouldn't think those things about me, you know? And it's like those moments where someone was like, oh no, here, let me do this for you. And it's like that, that place of giving can really change people's perspective and knowing like, you've got a community behind you. Someone believes in you.
0: I also hear from you, Alicia is there's not a lot of judgment toward yourself and I'm not hearing you judging others either for their beliefs. Uh, And I, and I find that so important, right? Because as we're talking about where your values come from and the idea of movement and what our expectations are of ourselves and of others, so much of that is defined. I mean, we can, we can judge ourselves and we can judge others to the point where we're not living authentically we're not living in anything except judgment which is a very hard space to be and it's hard to find that joy and that true sense of adventure Mm -hmm. and honesty right if all we're doing is 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 judging ourselves or judging someone else
2: well are you your own best friend you know like would you you would like the things that some of us say in our minds, to ourselves, you you couldn't be paid to say that to your best friend. You know, you would rather swallow soap, you know, like you just would never do that. And then it's like, but you'll talk to yourself that way. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense, <laughs> you know? That is so absolutely like, true. Yeah, we've got to be, we have we have to be our own ally. We've got to be allies for everyone. And it's like, the, the, the more support we can give ourselves and to others, I honestly, you know, I think of those things where I was, I was under the under, I was influenced to believe in myself. And without that, and you know, like my grandmother, my Bubba, she, um, you know, they, they came from Ukraine and um, you know, she saw my gift at a really early age and encouraged it with me. And like, I, if I didn't have that, I don't know if I would be doing what I'm doing today. And it's like, if everyone had someone that believed in them, which usually it is, you know, an older grandmother, which is so funny, like that, that's it, but it can be more than that. Like you can say to your male person or, um, you know, the kids across the street, you know, just have that conversation where you're like, I believe in you. You know, I think that's a great idea or whatever it is and have that kind of support. If we had more of that. I think that there'd be some pretty incredible things happening around us.
1: I think you said yeah. something so key to right now, which is, um, I believe in you. And when you said that this like collective of like, if we could all just believe in each other, like how mm-hmm. nice would that be. And I think, you know, I think right now is a lot of reflective time and, um, I'm reading this book that is actually funny about new year's falling in winter is almost like a disservice to us because generally within our meridians of our body and like how our cycles work within ourselves, winter is hibernation time. And so like, why are we setting these resolutions, which people call them, I call them goals. um, Why are we setting them in winter and hibernation period? And this book that I'm reading is talking about because we're planting the seeds for spring to grow. Like we're, Mm -hmm. we're planting these seeds so that we can rest, we can fill up our cups, we can do all of these things so that when spring is here and life is to be born, we have whatever we need to grow into these goals of the new year. And what another thing that I've been thinking about is reflecting on 2020 as this collective and what as a collective have I noticed in my community, uh, in myself, in my family, in my partnerships, in my relationships. And it's this um, this idea that if we were to remove ego and say, hey, you know, like just because you slowed down doesn't mean that you're not going somewhere. You've just slowed down. And we live in a very, um, my book is about yin and yang. And so we live in a lot of like yang energy, this fire, this go, this, you know, Burn until you don't burn anymore, and I think 2020 is a lot of this yin energy, this stillness, this slowdown, this regroup, um, this believe in yourself that you are more than what society and your job and your financial security and all of those things show for you. You are more than that. You are somebody to believe in, um, and so I'm I'm wondering, Lisha, like. As we head into 2021, what can our listeners do? What can we do both as individuals and a community to take this stillness and this question of what are our values and take it with us to move more into exactly what you're talking about, which is giving and community. And this idea that clean the outside of your house first, because it benefits more than just yourself. Because that's what you're saying is you're doing it because it's for others and you not come second, but part of who you are is that idea to give to others. And so I just want to hear from your amazingly articulate voice, What can our listeners do to reevaluate or learn more about their values in 2021?
2: I have the simplest answer (laughs) ever. (laughs) Motherfucking meditate. (laughs) That's what it comes down to. It really does. Because when you are allowing yourself that stillness and that moment to quiet the mind, you become present and you become in tune with yourself with your energy with the energies around you with everything that's kind of going on and you'll start to notice like you might have toxic relationships in your life right and I and I say that plural because when I say relationship I don't always mean intimate you know the interactions with people and and understand what that is and and see that reflection okay well if this is you know if this person I feel does X, Y, and Z, well, why is it that I'm able to see that? What is it that I do that identify with that? Um, And so it really, it, it honestly just comes down to meditation. We have to come into what I like to call Christ consciousness, right? Where it's like, we live this life of love and of giving and in this, this beautiful light that is within us that we can connect and become stronger um, and more aware of what is not necessarily seen right because we get very caught up in I have four walls I have books on my shelf like it's like yeah okay maybe that stuff's there but is it really and what else is here that maybe we don't see or perceive so it's like yeah I just feel like we just need to meditate and here's the thing when it comes to meditation because people especially me, because I, I, I've I done extreme meditations. I'm talking like 10 days, 10 hours a day, no reading, no writing. Um, I've, I've done that. I've done, you know, s- sunrise to sunset. Um, I'm t- top of Temple 4 in Tikal, <laughs> Guatemala. So people are like, oh God, what does she want us to do? Right. But I've had phenomenal meditations that were so enlightening and just out of this world, transformative in 12 minutes. And honestly, like, I don't even think that that's where you should start. I feel like start with a minute, start with two or three minutes, right? Just make it where it's available to you, where it's something that is achievable. Because it's like, if, if you, you know, let's say you don't walk anymore, right? And I'm like, okay, so tomorrow walk five miles. You're gonna look at me like I'm crazy, right? And then you're gonna hurt yourself. Where it's like, okay, go for a walk around the block, or and if you're gonna go up to the market, why don't you why don't you walk to the market instead of drive to the market, or whatever it is. Um, so yeah, just meditate. That's all it comes down to, and start simple.
0: So it sounds like what you're saying is you can start off by just taking an intentional pause.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Begin Again, that
0: way, um, because it's it's just leaving space for being rather than filling it up with all the things and. Mm-hmm. Rachel, you were kind of saying it, um, 2020 has created this space for people to be able to take a pause, but it's also created a space for people to fill up the pauses that are forced upon them, right? Mm -hmm. And Alicia, um, you're saying use the pause (laughs) for the good, right? Um, Rather than for the evil, totally silly, uh, being silly here, but um, that's what I'm hearing. Or both. Or I mean, you know. <laughs> it's um,
1: I'm reading this book, which is so funny because I was talking to Connor about how I was like, I don't like this book and um, I don't read, and um, I was like, I don't like this book, it's so bad, and da 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 And here it is coming up for the third time in this uh thing. And the the book is about yin, and the book is about how people are scared of stillness because what Stillness allows is for everything that we're talking about. Realization, dropping into our bodies, which people feel. Feelings, stillness brings feelings. Stillness brings the fact that you have to realize how much power you have. And I think we live in this collective world where we fear our own power. It's so much easier to say the government has power.
0: God has power. My
1: mom has power.
0: Well, there's My, also that idea of responsibility. Along with power comes responsibility. Exactly. People don't want responsibility. People don't
1: want it. And what? Um, and so we just push it away and we push it away. And what this book talks about, what Alicia is talking about, what this conversation is talking about is the power of stillness, the power of one good, intentional, deep inhale and deep exhale. And I think you said it perfectly because- We don't do that. And why we don't do that is because we're scared to do that. We are scared. We know that when we do that, that's why there's that discord. We know when we do that, there is going to be a realization, whether it's we're in a toxic relationship, we aren't doing our best. We are being mean. We aren't giving all of those things. We are afraid to have that realization. And that's why we avoid it. We're, we're scared. Um, and so I love that that is your simple solution to not the problem, but the obstacle is just don't be afraid to realize your potential.
2: Yeah. I mean, fear is, <laughs> fear is powerful and, yeah. uh, mo- and think about it in our programming on TV, like the news, it's all fear-based and yeah. it's like, you know, I've, I've actually never owned a TV since I've been independent which has been since I was 15. And you know, like it's awesome because I go and I'll be around someone who watches TV and I was like, you must watch a lot of news, huh? Because <laughs> you know? like everything you're saying is fear based. and it's yeah. like if we can kind of face that as well and and know, know that that is not the only choice, right? We can choose love through all of these things and and question where your fear is coming from and and conquer it, you know. I mean, the power that we hold is, is in, I have no words for it. It's just like, I mean, you can literally manifest, call in whatever you want. So if your thoughts are negative and fearful, what the fuck do you think you're going to call in? Or if they're positive and loving, you're going to be taken care of.
0: And watching the news and seeing all the bad things that are happening outside in the outside world doesn't necessarily change what is occurring in your life in yeah. this moment at this present time. Yeah. And I think COVID is a perfect example of that. I think we do need to be careful. We need to be safe at the same time. It doesn't change the color of the sky. It doesn't change the color of the grass that I walk on, you know, for movement. Yeah. Um, it, 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 these things are still the same. The world continues to move forward despite whatever horrible stuff is on the news. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, and see the fear in it too, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to go into the COVID stuff, but all I will say is that I know individuals that have been so incredibly safe and have gotten sick yep. and I'm not saying that I haven't been safe. I'm pretty, pretty diligent, and but I also am a firm believer that I don't get viruses. Right. And I, I've been flying, you know, I, cause I have family and it's, it's important to me and I, you know. I believe in the economy. So, you know, I've been going out to eat, you know, eating outdoors and doing all that stuff because I want to support these businesses, um, which is important to me and, you know, I haven't gotten sick. And so, and again, I don't want to like, I just, I do, I believe in the power of the mind and I believe in, in understanding what these things are. And.
1: I think there's also what you said though, too, is like, you also believe in the community. You're, I follow a lot of people and I, they're not listening to my podcast. So I'm going to like call their shit out. You know, I look at a lot of people who live in Florida right now and there's a club in Miami called space packed every single night as a collective community member. That is not smart. Like you are with people on drugs, immune systems already weakened, people sharing water bottles. Like there are spaces where people are not taking community consideration, right. where you believe in community consideration. You are not going to uh, go on a plane, go to a club, and then go to an old people's home and then breathe in everybody's face. Like right. your community acceptance, whether you believe in it or not, you believe in the power of respecting the community. Right. And I think that's where the issue with COVID comes into a lot of plays. you have people like you who are like, I respect the community. I respect my individuality. I'm going to keep myself safe. I'm going to keep the community safe in my own way. Where you have people who are, and I'm going to say it's a lot of my generation who are not doing collectively care for the community. It is selfish behavior. And that's, in my opinion, the problem. Again, we're not getting into COVID.
0: but the, the No,
2: but can I call you out on something? Please yes. don't say that about your generation. I fucking love your generation. My
1: generation is so powerful. They, they are they're just, great. They're just, they haven't had the awakening that I wish that they would. But at this. no,
2: they—they they, some have, right? Some have. And there is a great divide that's happening that we have to be aware of. And you know, like you can kind of, you can look at any generation and punish them. Yeah. And and the thing is, it's like, I don't believe in that at all. And even though, yeah, sure. There's like certain things like you put on some nineties hip hop and you can bet your ass. I'm going to start dancing, you know, like that's (laughs) my generation, (laughs) but like, I also don't get lumped into like certain things where like they're, you know, People are working these nine to five jobs. I'm like, you couldn't, you couldn't pay me to work a nine to five. Like, yeah. like I couldn't do it, you know? Well, which is literally what they're doing. They're getting paid to work a nine to five. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <Well, they do. laughs> yeah. But you know, like the thing is is like I feel like that goes back into that place of judgment. Yes. Like we have to stop judging people in that generation and instead allow them to be seen as individuals and furthermore if you are seeing something that maybe either makes you uncomfortable or you don't understand it it's someone that you know um ask them questions ask them open-ended questions to see like what their understanding is yeah and maybe that's like a really cool jumping off point where they can make some positive changes for themselves and the community
1: yeah i agree i agree and yes it's a judgment phase because I am that. I am that divide. I am that person yeah. that's over here. That's being like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Let's get our shit yeah. together. Let's stop being so selfish and let's like do something better. Right. Um, so yes, I am that divide. So yeah, I am pretty judgmental to other people in their twenties.
0: <laughs> and yet um, I, this whole podcast has been about, you know, accepting ourselves, yeah. and accepting <laughs> others. And let's think about that for a moment and take a collective pause collective pause
2: well rachel's an old soul so she she doesn't feel <laughs> that she belongs in her generation she's like don't i'm like 40 years older than all <laughs> like, y'all okay <laughs>
1: god it's so true but that's again also like my own uh thing i meditate on often is right. is that exact thing is that um believing in myself yeah and where i fit into that into meditating that I believe in myself that I do not fit into a box and that is okay.
2: Yeah, but guess what? Believe in them too. <laughs> Seriously, start believing in people. Yeah. And even when they're like, even when people are doing fucked up shit, believe in their goodness, send yeah. them that good energy instead of that punishing energy. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah, maybe they are doing something that's like super dumb, right? But it's like, <laughs> they also could have a really logical reason of why they're doing that. Yeah,
1: it's true. It's possible.
2: Let's leave in the goodness. Every, everyone's good. Kumbaya. Usa. <laughs> <Uzzah. laughs> Dina, you,
0: so, you look like you're about to say something. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm on the fence about two things. But um, what I would like to know before I sort of have some thoughts that I want to. I want to end with. Mm-hmm. Um, but we ask every one of our guests this question. And, and I'm going to ask this of you, Alicia, what is your special
2: ingredient that makes your pie perfect for you? Authenticity. Authenticity. Yeah. Because the thing is, is, you know, like things go down, you know, like life is real. And if I'm not expressing when those things happen or have happened um, and, you know, bringing me to this place, it's, it's unrelatable. And when you're unrelatable, it's like, you're like a God. And I, I don't know, like all that stuff just turns, turns me off. And so I just really believe in being authentic and, and showing up and you know what, sorry, if this is what you get for today, this is, this is why it's, it's, it's like this, or this has happened or whatever's going on. And it's not to like make excuses. I'm a firm believer in self-responsibility, but like, I'm not a robot. You cannot program me to be this way every single day. And it's like, I'm a woman. I'm emotional. Oh, I love my emotions. I'm like one minute. I'm like crying at a, like a commercial on YouTube. And it's like, the next minute i'm giggling my head off at a meme and i'm just like what is going on (laughs) but it's beautiful you know like oh god it's just it's great so authenticity i like to be real with people i like people to know what's going on and like and i don't have any apologies for it so it's like yeah this is this is how maybe i behaved in this situation and i'm learning from it or you know or this is this is the approach i took and You know, today that wouldn't work for me. Yesterday it did type stuff. But yeah, just be real.
0: I have a huge appreciation for your perspective. And I feel like today I've learned two things. Not that I didn't already know them, but to have this parallel, which is on the one hand to love and respect yourself, to not judge yourself, to be authentic, to be okay with who you are. When you move through the world using movement and humor and um, you're communicating to be able to use that toward yourself and to be respectful of the community to what I heard you say is to be able to give, right? To give to others and to be conscious of that and to be aware of where you are in your space and how that affects others. Mm-hmm. The herb garden that's clean, right? So it's sort of this inside out thing. It's it's being present for others and at the same time being present for yourself and accepting of yourself, and not you don't want to box others into you know and pigeonhole them into you know millennials. Rachel, um, <laughs> to not pigeonhole others and not and to not take blame for a generation either yeah and i just i my head is spinning i've got i I really i'm going to listen to this over and over again not just because i'm editing it (laughs) 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 but because there's just so much there's just so much meat in this discussion that we've had and i i just thank you for that alicia because it's such wonderful food for thought Such wonderful food for thought. And thank you. Thank you so much. You're so
2: sweet. Well, thank you for having me. But you know, too... As you said, you're like, this isn't the first time I've thought this or heard this or, you know, and it's, it's that beautiful place of the seed was planted and now it's sprouting. And it's like, that's what all this is. And, you know, it, that that's why it comes down to communication being so important because, you know, you can have a conversation with someone that's like, I do not believe anything that you just said, but guess what, honey, you just planted a seed. And when they hear it, the third, the fifth, the 20th time it might sprout and like, that's how we grow. Absolutely.
0: And I'm thinking that sometimes the seed that a person plants isn't exactly the seed that they thought they were planting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I say that as a social worker and the work that I do, uh, it's really interesting. I, I think I'm being, you know, planting something and, and they come back a year later or so. And as a life coach, you probably have the same thing, right? It's like, wow, that wasn't really what I, where I was going with that, but okay, <laughs> that's cool.
2: i If it works, right? So, yeah, I mean, I let people determine for themselves what they need.
0: Self determination,
2: absolutely. Yeah. Like, I, my only intention is to help and to serve. And, and that's that. Everything else is in their hands. And I will do my best to get them to where they want to be.
0: Right. Because they have the answers, as we all do. We have our own answers.
2: Yeah. And it's
0: through discussions like this that I think that we discover those answers. And that's why the seeds that we plant aren't. Necessarily, the ones that we that you know that I, Dina, as a social worker or therapist, think that I'm planting.
2: Right. So yeah, it's it's pretty spectacular this little life.
0: <laughs> I um just want
1: to. I have so many things to say. I'm not gonna say all <laughs> um. I said this before in another podcast where this podcast to me is the space of where I like. Am am I really doing this? Is really happening? Am I really having this conversation right now? Like. Uh, Leading up to it, like there's, it's just a space where I feel um, in this book that I'm reading, The Beginner's Mind. And it's, it's such a space where I feel that. And I feel like um, I'm always being challenged. I'm always learning from something. I'm a listener as much as a, as a host. And I love that about this podcast. I'm so excited for you to come on, Alicia, because your perspective And the way that you show up so freely is infectious and to listen to what you have to say to then have it be challenged on this podcast in this moment is why I was excited because that's, you're never afraid to challenge somebody. (laughs) You're never afraid to say, are you showing up as yourself or are you showing up because you're afraid to be yourself. And um, I just, this podcast, this episode, (laughs) I don't even know where we went, but everything was so full circle (laughs) (laughs) and like how we got there was so different. And it was so different to some of the other podcasts that we have. And I'm, that's no surprise to me. I knew it was going to be that because there is no taming a conversation with Alicia. There is no <laughs> putting her in this path and hoping that she's just going to go this way because that's not who you are. And that is why I love you. And that is why you're a perfect guest for podcasts and specifically this one because you're not afraid to say where is this coming from, how is this showing up, how is this showing up for me, and asking yourself the same question. You talk about being relatable. That's what this. Po- that's what our listeners got. In this podcast was you and I. Just I could go on and on and on about how much I love and respect you. Um, I'll talk about it on another day. Um, (laughs) 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 But it is it's it's you're just so amazing to be in the presence of because you're you're awesome. I just you're awesome, and the things that you speak are so true for so many different types of people, and that's what I love about it. Is like you're just not talking to one type of person you're talking to us all as a collective um and so i just really i'm just grateful that you were a guest on our podcast thank
2: you <laughs> you guys are a dream team and you know we're reflections of one another right so mm-hmm. like everything that you see that you know you admire or or just there is an essence to is within yourself. And we have to remember that. And that goes for the bad too. So it's like, when you're like looking at somebody and you're like, asshole, it's like, (laughs) takes one to know one, right? So like, what is it that you're doing that allows you to identify that? And it's like, so yeah, it makes this life interesting when you're just constantly growing and having fun with it. Constantly moving. Yeah,
0: moving. in whatever direction right. I call it moving forward. But, you know, as long as you're not moving, following the exact same path back, I think you're doing OK. I don't All even right. know if
1: I know what that looks like. Like, what do you mean follow the same path? I mean, the path that I covered with 20,000 leaves that I could never find again that I know that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So any final thoughts? Any of us? No. Nope? OK, cool. Make it,
2: a day. <laughs> Make it a great day. <laughs> Make it a
1: great day. Make it a great day. It is uh, noon, noon on a Monday. Yeah. Um, make it a great day, listeners. That's right. <laughs> Do your best. I believe in you. Oh, there you I go. Believe
2: in you. You had that beautiful energy bubble around you. That yeah, you go. Leave that, that energy, energy bubble. Alone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it doesn't always hold. <laughs> yeah.
2: Alicia, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. I hope we and can do it again. I yes,
0: hopefully. I feel yes. like we could
2: have a lot to talk about. Yeah, so. I know. Um, and
0: I'll see you on Wednesday. <laughs> okay,
2: sounds good. All right, Alicia, ladies. thank you. Thank you. Alrighty,
0: All righty, bye-bye.
2: Bye. Bye. Um, I'll just
0: say, Rachel, this has been just amazing. And thank you. And I can't wait to have more guests on actually, I can't wait to have our next guest on to see where that goes.
1: Yeah. I just, um, we say it every time. Like this is such an opportunity for us to not only help our listeners learn, but help ourselves learn. And I'm just so grateful for this space. I'm grateful for all of our guests that are willing to get vulnerable. I'm grateful for you who is willing to get vulnerable and me who's willing to get vulnerable and our listeners don't know this, but like this podcast is because of your passion. And I just sit on the Dina train and I'm like, all right, let's go. Like, let's go wherever you take me. I'm going. Um, And so I just want to take a moment of gratitude for you and your passion because this podcast and this space is because of you.
0: Well, thank you so much. (laughs) I'm getting a little tear. And I'm not saying that I, I, you know, I'm saying it sarcastically and yet it's the truth, but thank you so much. And I have a huge, a huge gratitude and thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being you. And, uh, we'll see what this new year will bring in the new, our next guest, our next guest. Absolutely. All right. And this
1: is signing off. Goodbye. (laughs) Bye-bye.